0: Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Moloff. We had our premiere episode just last Thursday evening, and we're going to continue on. This one is going to speak to the scores of bills that are becoming law. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Moloff. Uh, looks like we're having a little bumpy ride here with the host servers, but I'll start. Um, we are talking about basically environmental crimes, specifically environmental uh, criminals. And what we're seeing nowadays is a whole host of bills that have been written and sponsored that seek to further criminalize not only our right to dissent and protest, but specifically engineered to criminalize uh, our right to protest against. Okay. Oh. Welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with Janine Maloff. Um, We've had a little bumpy ride here starting. The host server was a little temperamental. Uh, Last week we had our premiere episode. We're going to continue on. This show is designed to not only talk about issues of environmental justice or its opposite, environmental injustice, but also environmental criminals. Uh, Right now we're seeing in many American cities and really around the world, in Portland, Uh, in Seattle, and around the world, where basically various different regimes are seeking to criminalize any type of dissent, especially protests. And the United States is no different. We're doing the same thing here. And what we've seen in recent years, and again, I'm going to preface this. As, As much fun as it would be to blame Trump for everything, some of this was set in motion before Trump came into office. Uh, The GOP and also some collaborators in the Democratic Party have been working very hard for many years to help their corporate buddies out, particularly in the fossil fuel industry, but to really criminalize dissent, criminalize our right to peaceably assemble. And so this particular episode is going to discuss the bill mill, the way various bills have been sponsored by different lobbyists and basically, the GOP especially, but some Democrats will just rubber stamp it, where they seek to criminalize not only protests, but to criminalize environmental protests. Um, so, you know, for many years, corporate-owned politicians, there's no other way to put it, their own, have either sponsored or supported bills that would criminalize many constitutionally protected First Amendment activities. Most of us have witnessed, at least on TV or, you know, live streamed online, online, the attacks on protests connected with Black Lives Matter or other civil rights groups struggling to defend any remaining semblance of democratic rule, any remnants of our Bill of Rights. What the mainstream really isn't aware of is the systemic organized push to further criminalize environmental activists. Instead, these environmentalists have been slandered and libeled in the corporate-owned mainstream press as violent and unhinged. Truth is, there's no basis in documented facts for those allegations. There's another aspect to this debate that's rarely covered in depth, and that is the nearly political, I'll call it incestuous, relationship between elected officials and corporate polluters and how those same elected officials are working, again, to criminalize peaceful protest especially if the protest is against corporate polluters and more specifically with the fossil fuel industry leading the charge and this report is going to speak to some of the most egregious cases so here we have a report in mother jones and it's written by Navina. i'm hoping i'm saying this right that is Sadas, i'm just going to call her Navina. and this was written just last month june 17 2020 And the headline is, US states have spent the past five years trying to criminalize protest. And the subheadline is, only two such laws have been challenged in court. Now, the piece was actually originally published in GRIST, but it appears in, um, I'm sorry, people, it appears in Mother Jones uh, as part of their climate desk partnership. A lot of the alternative publications go in partnership with other publications of a similar bent and this speaks to the minnesota legislature specifically starts out with that they spent the last five years preparing for the kind of protests that have rocked the city after the police extrajudicial murder of george fly george floyd excuse me they're trying obviously to criminalize these protests and the thing about all of these protests is there's nothing new here you know i have maintained for a long time that Communities of color, but especially the black community, is the political canary in the coal mine. What happens to them is usually the early warning signal. All right, and we need to pay attention. So from 2016 through 2019, state lawmakers in Minnesota introduced 10 bills that made uh, obstructing traffic on highways a misdemeanor or increased penalties if you protested near oil and gas, natural gas facilities. Now most of the legislative proposals were introduced as a response to protest against a very controversial oil pipeline. Uh, in addition to those following the police killing of Solando Castile in St. Paul, Paul in 2016. Now these bills would have, would have basically charged protesters, they could have faced uh, a prison term of up to a year And they could have been fined up to $3,000 each. They also would have allowed cities to sue protesters, get this, for the cost of any police response paid for that, but apparently not in Minnesota. Now, many of those bills, they were introduced in 2017, and it was a response to racial justice activists who shut down a major highway by basically just, you know, standing there. And that's not a new... Strategy <laughs> here in St. Louis, we've had protesters do the same thing. And think about how how bad things must be if protesters feel they must put their bodies on the line and block a highway in order to get some attention. That, that our system is so messed up that they have to do something like that in order to get media attention to pay attention to the fact that our system is irretrievably corrupt and broken. So here's the ignored story. There were, um, you know, some protests in 2016 and 2019 against a specific energy company named Enbridge. And Enbridge was planning on replacing a pipeline that ran from Alberta, Canada to Wisconsin. Now, these bills haven't become law yet, but three of them, three of the 10 failed, but they only failed because they were vetoed by the governor, all right? They're still on the table, the other two. Now, one of those bills would make uh, a trespassing on property, according to Revisor Minnesota Government, Uh, so if you trespass on property that has oil and gas facilities, instead of a misdemeanor, you could receive up to three years in prison and a $5,000 fine for trespassing, not for doing anything violent. The other bill would, and the quote is, make those who assist in that activity civilly liable for damages. So imagine this, there's some environmental protesters and they're worried about uh, these pipelines and if they break, basically contaminating their drinking water, which is a legitimate concern we'll get to a little later. And then let's say you have uh, some people there to be as, to serve as medics in case the police come, tear gas, whatever. Those people who were classified as assisting, even if they were there as legal observers or medics or whatever, They could be fined and forced to pay damages to that corporation, and God knows what that level of fine would be. Uh, Again, this is favoring one industry over our Bill of Rights. Then there was a bill proposing criminalization, further criminalization of civil disobedience. Now, over the past half decade, there's been a whole bunch of bills that have pushed to criminalize civil disobedience and especially in state legislatures controlled by Republicans. There was a new report by PEN America and called arresting dissent and PEN America is a non-for-profit think tank. They really fight for first amendment rights. Now 116 of those bills were proposed in state legislatures between 2015 and 2020 and 23 bills in 15 states out of that 116 did become law. Now, There isn't a comprehensive count regarding the number of people arrested or prosecuted under these laws, according to this this, uh, article. But activists protesting the fossil fuel industry have further faced felony charges, both in Houston and in Louisiana. In 2020, four states passed laws that increase penalties that benefit one single industry. The states are Kentucky, South Dakota, West Virginia, and Utah, and they have increased penalties and charges, according to HuffPost, Uh, the article is Pipeline Protest Laws, Um, they would increase penalties and charges for, get this, this wording, either interfering with oil and gas activity, whatever that is, or, quote, disturbing meetings of government officials and it could also interfering with oil excuse me oil and gas activity could also include obstructing the, or the operation of a pipeline or the construction of a pipeline or what they deem to be critical infrastructure but it's, it's kind of vague terminology so you know once again we have the oil and gas in other words the fossil fuel industry pushing laws or bills that benefit them but basically take away our First Amendment rights, even when there are some real environmental concerns. Um, They've also, some of these bills expanded the definition of rioting, among other things. So, you know, again, what constitutes a riot? You have to think about that. I've been to some protests where what they were calling a riot clearly wasn't. It, It was a quiet, assembly people were making speeches there was no violence except coming from the police perhaps but once again definitely expanding the definition of rioting that opens the pandora's box legally because the more vague that term is that gives prosecutors and police way too much power to expand it to anything they deem they want to do there's more bills criminalizing pro- protest according to this. Um, again, some of it is, it, it, it kind of comes together. Some of it uh, are, goes hand in hand with the Black Lives Matter protest, and some of it also is hand in hand with the environmental protest because both groups are fighting for just a fair, decent society that respects the Bill of Rights. Um, a Tennessee lawmaker proposed increasing penalties for rioting, rioting uh, among the South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem said that her administration is looking into some proposals to respond to the recent unrest. Now, the director of U.S. Free Expression Programs at PEN America was quoted as saying, quote, protest in the last several years has, been, has absolutely been followed by efforts by state legislators to criminalize the very activity practiced in the mere months prior, and this was according to Nora Benavides, director of the U.S. Free Expression Programs at PEN America. Nora goes on to say, "Quote: There is this larger narrative that is being cast that protest needs to be narrowed, and the definitions around what constitutes acceptable protest are becoming smaller and smaller." And that's not a new observation, actually. That's something that has been happening quite a bit. Protest. While we don't want violent protests, protest is supposed to be inconvenient. That's its nature. Protest is supposed to stop business as usual. If you have to go to the point where you have to block a highway because there's such injustice in your society, then by George, yeah, protest should inconvenience the business community. So Benavides also found that in the years prior to these recent large scale protests and in conjunction with the 2016 election of Trump, that state legislators felt emboldened to just chip away at constitutionally protected rights under the First Amendment, and protest is one of them. <clears throat> so, not so much in 2015 or 2016, but in 2017, after nationwide protest over the police shootings of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling, and protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline, which we'll talk about later, marches, you know, against Trump, that number of possible bills increased from five or six to 56. In 2018, Minnesota State Senator Paul Uttke sponsored a bill that would criminalize, get this, quote, the training, hiring, or counseling of those who do trespass on oil and gas pipeline property, okay, and that's a felony with a prison sentence up to 10 years and a $20,000 fine. And Utke did reference the Dakota Access Pipeline protest as his impetus for sponsoring this bill, which is very industry specific. And think about how this is phrased. It would criminalize with a possible 10 year prison sentence, those who trespass, train, hire or counsel anyone who does trespass, on pipeline property. Now, part of this, the training part of hiring, the conservatives on the far right have been claiming that liberal groups have been hiring professional protesters. That's not the case at all, but they've made, and again, it's amazing how these far right people can keep making these accusations and nobody challenges them on it, it seems. And this is really frightening. 10 years in jail for for trespassing. Uh, and Utke was quoted as saying, "We quote, we saw what happened in North Dakota, and we have a big pipeline project coming up in Minnesota, uh, end quote. So there's also laws that have been challenged in court, South Dakota's riot-boosting law. Um, and this was reported, Tribal Affairs South Dakota pushes bills to prosecute riot-boosting. And basically this law allowed South Dakota, the state, to sue protesters for damages. Now that law that South Dakota right of, found unconstitutional in 2019, and you know it was it was basically created to protect the Keystone Pipeline, which has been very controversial. Now they did earlier this year they did pass a newer version of the law in 2020. It hasn't been ch- this right boosting. It hasn't been challenged in court yet. There's litigation against a similar law in Louisiana that's pending. Nora Benavides basically said she expects to see a lot more bills that are going to push to basically really sever the right to protest. And to quote Benavides, the long-term and sustained ways to target certain groups comes not just from moments like this, but in the months that follow, she said. Even if protests die down, the need to be ready to challenge some of these proposals is going to be really necessary, end quote. Now we're looking at uh, a newsletter called The Appeal. And The Appeal is a publication written by lawyers. And this one, this article says, states using anti-protest laws to protect oil pipelines and criminalize environmental activism. And this deals with, uh, they talk about the um, three water protectors that were arrested in Louisiana, and they were charged under the state's new law targeting oil pipeline protesters. Now, first of all, for those of you that don't aren't aware what water protectors are, water protectors often are people from many walks of life, but they also include indigenous tribes. <laughs> and what they're basically saying is that these oil and gas pipelines, including fracking pipelines, are endangering our clean water. A lot of people don't understand where their water comes from, so I have to kind of preface some of this. Uh, most people think, oh, we get our water from a river. Well, some people do, but a lot of the water in the US comes from underground sources that are called aquifers. And in the Midwest, there's a very large aquifer called the Ogallala. And these pipelines have been known to bust, to burst, to leak. Um, If it's fracking, in other words, tar sands oil that's in the pipeline, tar sands is made, it's really by two coal. And it's it's shot through these pipelines at high speed and high pressure with this stuff called fracking fluid. And we don't even know what's all in the fracking fluid because industry um, lawyers have claimed no, it's proprietary rights. But we do know that one of the components in fracking fluid is benzene a known and proven carcinogen. This, the tar sands pot oil, that they're calling that, is basically considered the most dangerous, the most toxic of any oil and of any of the fossil fuel products. And even a little bit gets into an underground water source. It is beyond contaminated. That water source is unusable. And you can't live without water. So these water protectors are going around and they are trying to Not only let the public know what's really going on, but to protect their water. And some of them, some of the indigenous Indian tribes, are trying to protect their own water. So this is not a bunch of crazy people that just want to destroy things. These are people that have legitimate concerns that the government refuses to listen to. Now, in Louisiana, there's a Bayou Bridge project, and it's a pipeline that's 100 and 63 miles long, and it cuts through, I'm hoping to say it's the Atchafalaya Basin. Anyway, it's one of the world's, it's one of the country's largest wetlands. And it has, there's been opposition from environmental and, again, indigenous activists for quite a while. The project is the southern leg of a pipeline system that stretches from the Gulf Coast of North Dakota to, from the Gulf Coast Coast to North Dakota, and it's a project of a group called Energy Transfer Partners, excuse me. And this is the same company responsible for the Dakota Access Pipeline, and that's the pipeline that triggered the months-long protest at Standing Rock. Um, and we'll talk about that in another, another show, because I'm just trying to let you know how these, these minor crimes of trespass have been turned into felonies, have been, with legal changes, are calling for long prison sentences that are totally out of line. Now there's another group called Lo et la Vie, which means water is life, and they're water protectors also, and they've been trying to stop the pipeline's progress. They were charged with trespassing on critical infrastructure. Uh, Mike Ludwig from Truthout reported this, and when you trespass on critical infrastructure in that state, it's a felony. And um, so basically, Will Parrish tweeted from Lo et la vie camp, in other words, Water is Life, and he tweeted, "Um, these Bayou Bridge Pipeline opponents arrested while boating in the Atchafalaya Swamp are the first to be hit with felonies under Louisiana House Bill, 727, an ALEC-modeled bill criminalizing opposition to fossil fuel infrastructure," end quote. So, and their new law went into effect August 1st of looks like last year, let's see. Anyway, um, and pipelines and pipeline construction sites were added to an official list of critical infrastructure. And any unauthorized entry to something that's been labeled critical infrastructure Uh, can bring up to five years in prison in Louisiana. Here's something even worse. If you disrupt what they call disrupting operations at critical infrastructure, but again, don't know what disrupting operations means, that is punishable in Louisiana by up to 20 years in prison. Not kidding. So if you notice, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you guys right now, one of the things in the tweet. That parish said dealt with dealt with something called ALEC and ALEC has been involved in a lot of these deals. ALEC is an acronym and it stands for the American Legislative Exchange Council. It is a group of conservative attorneys and legislators and they basically have a bill mill. In other words if you think if you honestly believe that your state legislator goes to your state capital, and not just state but also in DC and they may write all these laws you're basically tripping it's not true they create these a template for the laws that corporate wants they hand it out and these legislators they just basically sign off on it and this bill will these bill mill these sample bills that they write basically are a wish list for the corporate donors all right so this and if you've ever wondered who wrote most of these archaically worded bills and laws, usually you can connect the dots back to ALEC. And and once again, when you think about this, this is influence peddling at a level not seen before. I mean, forget Tammany Hall. The idea that these lawyers write templates and say, here, this is the law we want. Pass it. Can anyone spell criminal malfeasance? Anyway, there's... uh, Quite a number of states that have introduced critical infrastructure bills, and especially after the Standing Rock protests with the water protectors. Oklahoma passed a law last spring, um, and basically similar bills were later introduced in Iowa, Ohio, Wyoming, and Minnesota. So now if you think this is bad, it can go from bad to worse. The Iowa law. Worse than you can possibly imagine. In April, Iowa signed into law a bill that Huffington Post described as a ramped up version, quote unquote, of Alex model bill. The Iowa law criminalizes protests on anything that you could conceive or describe as part of the fossil fuel industry's critical infrastructure. Now you got me if you want to define the part of fossil fuel industry's that com- it constitutes critical infrastructure. I don't know. But it basically takes any action that intends, and I'll quote this, int- quote, intends a substantial and widespread interruption or impairment of a fundamental service, end quote. And that would be gas, oil, petroleum, refined petroleum products, whatever. Punishable as a felony with up to 25 years in prison, as reported by Jeff Biggers in the Huffington Post. 25 years for something as vague as a substantial interruption or impairment. So what does that mean? Does that mean if, say, a tar sands pipeline breaks and these toxics go into the drinking water and people try to stop the leak because the company isn't doing anything about it, are they risking 25 years in prison? Theoretically, it's possible. Now that bill, with the 25-year prison sentence, was spearheaded and developed by a group that included guess who? Energy Transfer Partners, and Energy Transfer Partners is the Dakota Access, I'm sorry, is the Dakota Access Pipeline parent company, according to Aileen Brown as she writes for The Intercept. Now the Iowa Sierra Club weighs in on the potential danger of this bill, and the chairperson of the Iowa Sierra Club told Public News Service that, quote, historically critical infrastructure has been a term applied to public lines that transport electricity, gas, and water. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, this guy, she also goes, this is Roz Brown with Public News Service, quote, the bill is particularly dangerous because it slips in the idea that a crude oil pipeline owned by a massive corporation, not even located in Iowa, is critical infrastructure, end quote. And that's a very cogent point, all right? I can understand power grid, gas to heat your homes, water. This is all part of critical infrastructure. But a crude oil pipeline or a tar sands pipeline that is going to transport oil that's going to be sold elsewhere, that doesn't benefit us, I can't understand that. So and they go back to Louisiana's law Um, was also based on ALEC as well. Now, there was a lawyer from the Center for Constitutional Rights. And this group is a non-for-profit that helps out, and they are representing the Bayou Bridge protesters. And they called this law ALEC Plus, and that was reported by Aileen Brown and Will Parrish for The Intercept. Now, there's also a U.S. Protest Law Tracker website. Okay? And this website explained that the law could allow Here's even further than what I've described, that these laws could allow criminal prosecution of those who merely planned to hold a peaceful protest on alleged infrastructure property with serious jail time. I'm not kidding on this one. So we're talking about this Iowa law, and I'm going to repeat it. This lawyer from the Center, uh, I'm sorry, the U.S. Protest Law Tracker website said that this law in Iowa could allow criminal prosecution of those who merely planned, didn't participate, but planned to hold a peaceful protest on alleged infrastructure property with serious jail time. And the U.S. Protest Law, uh, law Tracker website, this is a website It follows state and federal initiatives, especially ones that limit a right to protest or try to criminalize it. Um, And the law as originally introduced was written, quote, such that individuals who only plan to hold a peaceful protest on infrastructure property could be prosecuted, end quote. And that that was from the International Center for -for Not-for-Profit Law as well. And again, that law, Iowa law, is is very close to ALEC's model bill. ALEC, or the American Legislative Exchange Council, has been interfering in our government representation for decades now. This is nothing new. Um, they've been going at this since about 1995. Uh, and their influence, including on criminal legal system, is there too. The truth in sentencing with mandatory minimum sentences. Okay? That came from ALEC. The stand-your-ground laws that resulted in the murder of Trayvon Martin were developed, a.k.a. the template written by Alec. Alec writes the laws and the GOP legislators sign off. Very few laws nowadays are written by, I'll just call them the lazy slugs of the GOP. And, excuse me, Alec also heavily lobbied for laws benefiting the private prison industrial complex. Senate Bill 1070 in Arizona is one such law, and that basically hooked into the whole we're going to jail babies, migrant babies, and throw them in cages. All that came from ALEC basically writing templates so that these legislators and these industries could have a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not that they're interested in justice. They just merely change the rules in midstream, call it a law, call it justice it's not justice by any means, and they get away with this. Now, the ACLU has investigated corporations, uh, including in the bail bond industry next, and Alex helped push this agenda as well. There was a 2017 report by Cutler of the ACLU, and they looked at, uh, ins- you didn't know it, insurance corporations were in the bail bond industry. And they found that big insurance companies behind bail, quote, have been very effective at crafting and institutionalizing laws, regulations, and practices that their profits, end quote. So, again, that industry has more than a 20-year relationship with Alex. Um, The anti-protest bills that have been introduced, especially since Trump's installation, um, they also have another set of supporters, law enforcement groups, And when I say law enforcement, I don't just mean the local police. Again, the prison industrial complex, the weapons that are marketed to police departments, and so on and so forth, the private security uh, uh, industry. And these bills also seek, also sought to increase penalties for blocking highways. All right. And again, you know, this, there's nothing legitimate about any of this. Now, the National Lawyers Guild weigh, weighed in on the anti protest bills. And Tracy Yoder of the National Lawyers Guild analyzed Alex's role and also analyzed corporations like Energy Transfer Partners as they push certain anti protest bills. And she, Yoder said, she told uh, the publication in these times. That law enforcement support for this legislation, quote, is a direct response to the success and visibility of recent movements of color, such as Black Lives Matter and No Dapple. She added, quote, the collusion we are seeing between law enforcement, lawmakers, and corporate interests is undemocratic and designed to deter social movements for racial and environmental justice. And that was in an article written by Simone Davis Cohen and Sarah Lazar for In These Times. Okay, now we're going to go a little further. We're going to look at an article from Truthout, published in 2018, written by Mike Ludwig. And, the, you know, once again, it's anti-protest laws, and the title is Water Protectors Charged with Felonies Under Louisiana's Anti-Protest Law. And, again, this is the Bayou Bridge Pipeline in Louisiana's Base Basin. I will eventually be able to say that. And this criminalizes civil disobedience of pipeline construction sites. Once again, um, the Atchafalaya Basin is is the largest river swamp in the country, and it's also some of the largest wetlands in Louisiana. So, and wetlands are important for a variety of reasons that I don't have time to go over right now. basically what they said in this article is quote land a boat on that pipeline easement and you could be charged with a felony this is not hyperbole folks so on august 1st this was written in 2017 there was a new state law and it came from legiscan.com and it targeted anti-pipeline protesters that went into effect in louisiana and the law basically declared that pipelines were quote critical infrastructure end quote along with water treatment plants the power grid so it may trespassing or what they consider trespassing on pipeline construction crime uh, sites a serious crime and disrupting a pipeline's operations that's their phrase disrupting a pipeline's operation could according to truth out could get you a prison sentence of up to 20 years 20 years for alleged trespass whatever they call disruption and it's not very well defined at all. And this law is really aimed at the water protectors in Louisiana, okay? And the way they protest and kind of bring everything to a grinding halt, they have very, shall we say, colorful, but peaceful acts of civil disobedience. Um, you know, Whether it's somebody climbing up in a tree that's in the way of the bulldozers and holding up a sign, but it's nothing violent. So, right now, the activists, environmental activists, are basically opposing new fossil fuel infrastructure pro- projects like Bayou Bridge, and, you know, some are strict environmentalists from different groups, some are indigenous-led, like at Standing Rock, but they're coming together because they know that we can't let this stand. We are poisoning our air, we are poisoning our water and being done for corporate profit when it's not necessary and it goes further in louisiana in some cases there are residents that have been forced to allow pipeline construction on their property even though they said no and uh, here's another story the kayakers face felony charges so right after this anti-protest bill went into uh, anti-process law excuse me went in effect in louisiana there were three water protectors in the Atchafalaya Basin. They were snatched. That's the word they use in their kayaks. I don't know. Isn't this kidnapping or illegal, illegal imprisonment? They were snatched out of their kayaks by private security that worked for energy transfer partners. And this private security for energy transfer partners illegally held those activists on an easement until the police came and arrested them and these three became the first defendants charged with felonies under this anti-protest law. Now, they claim they were just boating in a public waterway. They hadn't broken any laws, and they're telling the truth. Apparently in Louisiana, if a waterway is considered navigable, then it's considered a public space. So how were they trespassing? Now, one of the three activists that were charged with that felony was a lady named Cindy Spoon. And she told Truthout that, quote, her wrongful arrest is proof that the law's true intention is to intimidate people who are critical of the fossil fuel industry. She goes on to say, quote, I was in no way trespassing or damaging critical infrastructure. But private security was so eager to grab me and send a message to the rest of the campaign that protesting is now considered a felony, end quote. And she said that in an interview. And, you know, when you hear how ludicrous all of this sounds, uh, It would be laughable if it weren't so outrageous. So, again, another um, publication, The Intercept, also reported that the anti-protest law in Louisiana is very much like a model bill pushed by, guess who? ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council. And uh, this was published in March of 2018. They said Louisiana's anti-protest bill again eerily similar and ALEC introduced the model bill this particular one that the Louisiana law was based on after there was mass resistance to the Dakota Access Pipeline at Standing Rock and after that protest at Standing Rock had made international headlines okay so basically energy transfer partners and really all the fossil fuel industry they had to somehow demonize the water protectors at Standing Rock. They had to demonize them. They had to, they felt the need to criminalize them, demonize the environmentalists, and, and, and somehow delegitimize their actions. They really can't, because what the water protectors are saying is actually true to the science. And as for the law, once again, if the waterway is considered navigable, it's a public space, so it wasn't trespassing. But we have to start asking ourselves a, a central question. When we look at these petty laws that have been written that basically not only criminalize our right to dissent, our right to, to, to uh, protest, to, to meet publicly, we have to, real, we have to ask ourselves, what is more important? Is keeping profits? Are large fossil fuel corporations more important or is it more important that one we actually restore any sense of democracy in this nation and two is it more important to protect the fossil fuel corporations or is it more important to protect this planet to make sure that our kids and our grandkids have clean air to breathe and clean water to drink and don't have to worry about an increased cancer scare because the water's been polluted by God knows what that is in these petroleum products. That, again, we have been denied the right to know what some of these ingredients are because the fossil fuel industry hides behind the excuse of corporate proprietary property restrictions, which is nonsense. Anything that affects the public, public health, the public has a right to know then. And the public's right to know if it hurts the public health or the democracy itself should always supersede a corporation's right, a corporation's idea of proprietary rights. Okay. I, I, I won't back down on that one. So then basically they talk about the story about a grandmother that went to jail. Okay. Her name's Ellen Sue Gerhardt. She's a retired teacher and a grandmother. And she was serving two to six months in jail because she butted heads, they said, with pipeline companies. And this was a press release from her, from her supporters. And this is with Sunoco, the Mariner East 2 pipeline. Now the Mariner East 2 pipeline done by Sunoco just happens to be routed through Gerhardt's property. And she's a leading opponent of the pipeline. She was arrested while protesters occupied a tree that sat on her property so they could block construction back in 2016. Okay, sitting in a tree doesn't sound violent to me. Again, 20 years in prison for the vague alleged crime of disrupting in that state. Now, the charges against Gerhardt were later dropped. That's after she spent a couple months in jail. And the Gerhardt family did sue energy transfer partners for violating their rights. And the legal battles continue but Gerhardt's property was filled with construction equipment, private security arrived. Um, On August 3rd, a local judge sentenced the 63-year-old grandmother to two to six months in jail. She did serve quite a bit of that, Um, and that was after the pipeline companies, they made this absurd accusation. They accused her of, quote, baiting a bear onto her wooded 27-acre property. This lady owns 27 acres. So according to the pipeline company, she somehow went hunting this grandmother for a big bear and say, "Come here, bear, come here. I've got this nice juicy steak for you." To get him, to get this bear near the pipeline. Okay, if that sounds crazy to you, that's because it is crazy. But that's what the company claimed. And she even said there's a lot of black bears on this rural property. So, but what happened was, you know, Gerhardt was thrown in jail. Pipeline employees videotaped a bear in the construction zone. And they showed it to a local court and they said, you know, this lady went through 27 acres to find a bear, to coax the bear onto her property uh, closer to the pipeline near her house. So Gerhardt said in an interview, quote, how can you charge someone for wildlife being present there when the wildlife has been there since before we were, end quote. So, you know, once again, if this sounds really insane, it's because it is, but it's the the lack of respect for democratic rule, the lack of respect for our rights, to put the idea that corporations come first is so blatant that apparently pipeline employees feel perfectly comfortable making absurd accusations something as crazy sounding as a grandmother somehow going through 27 acres of her property to bait a bear to come back to where the pipeline is being constructed somewhere else on the property. And apparently this lady, she must have some magical to to basically get the bear to cooperate. Oh, my Lord. So, you know, once again, this is what we're dealing with. Now, there was a correction in the article. It said that Gerhardt was arrested for trespassing while occupying a tree sit-in on her property in 2016. Gerhardt herself wasn't one of the protesters. Um, she was arrested for what the judge called disorderly conduct and other charges while she was trying to warn police that a tree cleaning crew was basically putting the people that were sitting up in the tree in danger. The charges were eventually dropped. Oh, my Lord, we just keep going and going and going. The Intercept, uh, Aileen Brown writes again about anti-protest bills aimed at pipeline opponents. Okay, If you see a pattern emerging, that's because there is a pattern. This is planned. This is not a coincidence. Um, so uh, ALEC again finalized a model, po- po- excuse me, a model policy titled the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act. And it demands more severe punishment, surprise, surprise, or trespassers on facilities, including oil pipelines, petroleum refineries, liquid natural gas terminals, and railroads used to transport oil and gas. Okay, my question is this, since when is it legitimate to craft a bill that favors a single entity? I thought that justice was supposed to be blind. I thought that we were supposed to have, basically we are all supposed to follow the same rules, but Apparently not. Now, this is in Iowa. And Iowa is one of the four states that the Dakota Access Pipeline passes through. And it was one of the hubs for anti-pipeline protests in 2016, 2017. There were incidents of property destruction that carried out by opponents. I'm not going to say there weren't. But more common were trespassing arrests. Okay, so even though there was some violence, the cops didn't really... they didn't really arrest, most often, any violent protesters or the few violent people that showed up. They went after the grandmothers and accused them of trespassing as a felony. Now, the Iowa bill, this was in 2018, this article was written, was developed by a group that includes Dakota Access Pipeline parent company, again, Energy Transfer Partners. And it creates, again, we're talking about that new felony, critical infrastructure sabotage. You can get up to 25 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. Okay. Now, in Ohio, there was a bill that Alec liked to push, and it included clauses that barred drones from flying over infrastructure projects. So, you know, during the, the Dakota Access Pipeline, there were some Native American drone pilots and they used drones to monitor the progress of construction and what the police were doing and, and really publicly document what was happening. And Ohio is home, there's a the controversial Rover pipeline, again, owned by Energy Transfer Partners. Now, Rover's builders have, uh, according to The Intercept in 2018, there's been repeated spills of huge quantities of clay-based drilling mud as they've basically drilled under waterways, and it's led environmental regulators to halt the construction. So the EPA at least did something. Again, all of this is a plan to silence and criminalize dissent. Right now, it's going to be the pipeline and the fossil fuel industry. Next, it'll be something else. It's a slippery slope, my friends. The International Center for Not For Profit Law has a database. That's documented 56 bills re- restricting our right to peaceful assembly. And they were introduced in 30 states since Trump's election in 2016. Now, that was reported in 2018. By now, the number has certainly increased. All right. <clears throat> Many of the bills, again, impact protesters uh, that are trying to defeat oil and gas infrastructure or at least demand better circumstances for the environment. Um, and again, this has been framed by lawmakers as a way to address the concerns of the fossil fuel industry, period. All right. Um, it goes on and on and on. Um, you know, this was something where I, I look at all of this and I just want to get sick. Um, there were people arrested because they were called they were referred to as valve turners all right they basically tur- attempted to turn off pipeline valves and they're facing severe consequences um, three have already been three of the valve turners have already been convicted of felonies in North Dakota and Montana and those felonies can give them up to a maximum of 10 to 21 years in prison And there's another three valve turners facing felony charges in Minnesota. Now, the judge in the Minnesota case, according to Inside Climate News, um, the judge gave the okay for what's called a necessity defense. And the protesters are going to argue that their actions were based in necessity uh, given the severity of our climate devastation. You know, what we have to look at is we have a basic danger to just the whole idea of rule of law, and groups like ALEC only push us over the cliff. Uh, You know, again, um, there's another law, and I have to go over this. Uh, There's an ALEC model again, um, and I think it was in Oklahoma. It created new trespassing crimes, again, about critical infrastructure and included, (coughs) excuse me, felonies for anyone who trespasses um, with the intent to, quote, willfully damage, destroy, vandalize, deface, tamper with equipment or impede or inhibit operations, end quote, of any critical infrastructure facility. But the model goes further, this ALEC model. It's also included a clause to, quote, punish any conspirator organization and they would be pun- any conspirator organization would be punished with a fine 10 times more than the trespasser now to me that sounds a lot like the way the third Reich punished and I'm saying yes third Reich Nazis punished any abolitionist collaborators trying to free political prisoners so if a group an organization allegedly collaborates there Maybe they provide, again, medics or legal observers. It's distinctly possible that organization could get a a fine 10 times more than the trespasser because they dared to stand up. Again, they didn't commit a crime, but this makes even helping them out a little bit a crime. And, you know, once again, fossil fuel industry and, again, the Republican Party has claimed that these protesters are – are hired and that they're making top dollar and they're claiming groups like Greenpeace you know are paying them but the fossil fuel industry has never provided any proof of these allegations and the model law goes further just when you think things couldn't get worse right it would make trespassers liable for any damage caused by an intrusion so And also, organizations that, quote, pay a person a trespass would be held what they call vicariously liable, end quote. Again, no proof that anybody has paid anyone else. But think about it. Anyone who remotely supports the argument against the fossil fuel industry, or against specifically, tar sands pipelines, could potentially be held as a criminal. Now, what happened until innocent, until proven guilty? But once again, this is what's going on. And, uh, you know, we have to look at what we're doing as a nation here. This is, we really are stuck in a quagmire. Um, you know, this has gotten out of hand. Um, when we talk about the valve turners, There was this person for what they call the Climate Disobedience Center, and this group has supported the valve turners. Again, these are the people that have turned the valves off, okay, or attempted to. They may not have been always successful. And she pointed out the Iowa legislation is, quote, actually about changing the subject and trying to convince the broader public that people that do these actions are dangerous. And she added, quote, every protester that has taken a risk like this, has worked hard to, hard to ensure that they're not going to cause injury to other people. And so, you know, basically this is an attempt to smear protesters. It, that's just what it is. Um, it just goes on and on and on. This is the idea that what are misdemeanor offenses suddenly are turned into felonies with anywhere from, depending on the state, from one year to 25 years in prison for trespass? This, and, and not for actually doing any real damage. This is something, if, these, if the fossil fuel industry had a legitimate case, they wouldn't need these laws criminalizing first, protected First Amendment activities. Now, would they? But that's what's happened. And this is something where we have to look at what we're doing as a society, okay? Um, Even in 2020, again, Aileen Brown for The Intercept wrote another article. This is in West Virginia. Governor Jim Justice um, signed into law during the middle of the COVID epidemic what he called the Critical Infrastructure Protection Act. And this act provides for new felony penalties for protest actions that target the fossil fuel industry, specifically oil and gas. Now, you have to think about this. First of all, the governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, is himself a coal billionaire. All right? So he has a clear conflict of interest. All right? And again, Alec's name pops up. We also found out, or rather the Intercept found out, Um, by the Energy and Policy Institute that lobbyists for Dominion Energy were also involved. There were local lobbyists, and Dominion owns the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, the West Virginia Oil and Natural Gas Association, and the American Fuel and Petrochemical um, Manufacturers. Look, what they're doing is criminalizing constitutionally protected activity and this would give up to 15 years imprisonment for entering critical infrastructure without any authorization. Again, uh, according to Connor Gibson who's a researcher for Greenpeace and Gibson has studied industry influence behind these bills um, Gibson went on to say quote the COVID-19 pandemic gave cover for particularly sleazy politicians to pass anti-protest bills while their constituents are squeezed by unemployment and the responsibility to protect public health. These bills are meant to prevent protests just long enough for oil companies to finish dangerous and unpopular petrochemical projects, I'm end quote. Again, West Virginia Governor Justice is a cold billionaire in a dirt poor state whose poverty level rivals third world conditions, all right? And Governor Justice is also another climate change denier. We have these politicians that don't believe in science, and we have to remove them from office. It's just that simple. When you think of the absurdity of all the things I've described here, and I know it was a lot to take in, but we have to realize is that if we want to hold on to any semblance of a democracy, then we need to address all of these cases. You know, I think Dr. King said it best when he said, an injustice against one is an injustice against all. And we have to look at that because they are basically turning what are misdemeanors into felonies. And this is something we cannot allow to stand. So the next time around, one of the things we're going to discuss, you might ask yourself, why are these environmental protesters risking jail when it comes to the fossil fuel pipelines? Why is it so worrisome? Well, in 2011, I published a piece in Truthout, and also in Huffington Post, and it dealt with a very well-known infamous tar sands pipeline called the Keystone. And this is really dealing with the fact that tar sands oil is some of the most dangerous, most toxic um, toxic type oil products. I compared it to potentially could be what I call a BP on the, on the prairie. And, uh, you know, we have to look at how they're transporting tar sands oil. Um, again, a lot of toxic elements. But I'm going to have to sign off in just a minute. So I'm going to leave you with just a few thoughts. I, again, I know I tossed a lot at you and I'm hoping that you come back and listen some more, but we have to look at where we're going as a society. This is far beyond just the right to protest. This is the right to have safe air, safe water. This is about our human rights versus corporate greed. For too long, we've tolerated the blatant influence peddling of corporate interests through a long string of lobbyists sell-out lawmakers, and extrajudicial groups like ALICE. This influence peddling may technically not quite fit the definition of bribery, but the substantive results do fit the definition. We have a right to clean air and drinkable water, and the fossil fuel industry poses a direct risk to that right. More importantly, we have a right to a democracy. And with that, I sign off. Bye-bye.